Hello and welcome to the Sculptural Success Podcast. Today I have my good friend Bradley Fordham on the podcast with me today. Um, I met Bradley a few years back where we used to work together quite closely. Um, ever since then we have stayed in touch, uh, but Bradley has started traveling around the world. So that's that's the big reason I wanted to bring him on here and um, was because I've been very inter- interested in traveling in the future um, and I, I, I've always wanted to talk to someone about it. So I thought, why not do it on a podcast? Um, it's a great experience. A lot of people want to try it out. So I thought it'd be great to get him on. So yeah, um, I wanted to learn more about how Bradley got started with traveling and where it has led him to today. Of course, this isn't going to be your normal traveling story as he was cut short halfway through due to COVID-19. But anyway, I really hope you enjoyed the podcast and let's jump right in. Do you want to tell everyone kind of who you are and what you did, obviously before lockdown and bits like that? Yeah, sure, man. Well, uh, first of all, it's really good to see you, man. Um, Last time I saw you was well over two years ago now, wasn't it? February 2019. Yeah, back at the old job. Yeah, so uh, it's good to catch up with you a bit. Um, I mean, since I last saw you, I've we've both kind of gone on and and done pretty different stuff, haven't we? So f- from my side, I I obviously left um, the job I was working with you. Uh, I actually went off to go traveling around uh, Asia, and I, I fell in love with the with the planet, man. And I fell in I fell into a job that I had found out there for a travel company. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I spent over a year working for that company, leading tours throughout, uh, mainly in Vietnam. Yeah, and it was it was amazing, man. Awesome. Um, so yeah. was that just kind of going from the very very start? So before, obviously, the job we were at and bits like that, was traveling something you always wanted to do, and was a job in travel because obviously traveling is one thing. That's obviously you hear about people having gap years and bits like that, mm-hmm. um, and going traveling, but then going to traveling and working at the same time is a completely different ball game because you obviously living out in a country you don't really know about for a long time so starting from the very beginning did you have an idea one day that you wanted to do traveling and obviously working at the same time not really man like i you, there's loads of people that have their gap year people go on their gap year um i wasn't one of them man like i was never really on my radar Hmm. um and then how did i really get into it i mean i went i went for a week away in uh, ibiza in spain of all places uh on my own that was the first time i traveled alone and yeah. i went to do this uh this fitness retreat um and the guys that i was with they were telling me all about asia and how amazing it is and i'd just come out of a breakup um and i was kind of looking for something to to kind of pick me up i guess hmm. Of that I, I'd also grown frustrated with uh, you know the company we were at and I was I, it became clear to me that there was no more scope for um, you know earning potential mm-hmm. uh, but to be honest I was kind of looking for a convenient way out of that where I could still go back to them and ask for a good reference and things like that so you know going traveling suddenly became this incredible option so um, yeah that's what I did. Awesome and then so going from the traveling side of things into a job, actually, I say, we'll leave that for a little bit. What was traveling actually like for someone that hasn't ever, because for example, me, I'd love to travel at one point, but it's different now with the business. But let's say I was at uni, mm-hmm. I was a student who wanted to travel after this. What would be the first steps they would take? Because for me, I would struggle. <laughs> I would struggle about my, I know it says about, about my mum and bits like that to go, oh, where to go in the airport and where to go if you get lost and bits like that. So where would be your starting points for someone that wants to start traveling? That's a good question. Um, first of all, I appreciate that I'm, I'm very lucky and I'm from a, I'm from a uh, very privileged background. I'm lucky that I've got, I had the backing to be able to do it because it's not cheap. 
Oh, yeah, um, I mean, you can do it kind of with any budget, but I, I didn't have to worry about that, let's say. So mm. I was very lucky with that. Um, in terms of your question and what would I say to someone else, really, it's it's to just go for it and not worry. Like, honestly, if you if you stress leading up to it, leading up to it, you're going to kind of hold yourself back. Um, and you just right, have yeah. you have to have an understanding that as long as you have money, a little bit of cash um and your passport obviously <laughs> uh as long as you know you have your wits about you and you're you're being sensible you'll be fine no matter what situation you get into really yeah um, it's just kind of an understanding that uh while it seems very scary it's it's there's very very little that could go wrong that would that would really you know be the end of the world so to speak yeah you can get you can get away with all kinds of crazy situations when you're away from home stuff that you wouldn't even think situations you wouldn't even think you'd ever be in mm. um, and it always it was always working out always so it's just so yeah going into it without a worry because what i me personally i stress about some things beforehand if i haven't got anything but so go into it with a mindset of nothing wrong is going to kind of happen and then go as it comes is that yeah i mean i mean right. some i can imagine a lot of people kind of getting hung up on oh, i need to have every accommodation booked and i need to know exactly where i'm going and exactly yeah. when and honestly, it's, it's, it's not like that at all. You can, you can really kind of wing it day to day. You can show up without a place to stay and book, book a place last minute on an app on your phone. It's really, really kind of, um, it's really easy going. A lot of people, okay. need, I, I would say that you need to have an understanding that it's not, it doesn't all need to be laid out before you go. You can just go and wing it and have fun. Yeah. What about the language barrier? Did you struggle with that? Was that something you struggled with at the start or did you get kind of used to it using hand symbols and bits like that over, over the time? Of yeah. I mean, the, the locals, it depends how long you're going to be there, of course, but the locals, they do really appreciate it if you, if you give it a go. Um, but yeah, you can get away with, with a lot, especially with the technology these days, you can find uh, things to translate for you. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. That's true. Stuff like that. So you, you can get away with a lot and, and actually, I know it's really ignorant and typical English to say, but actually in a lot of these places, you will find people that can speak a little bit of English. Yeah. Um, you know, worst case. So. Okay, yeah. cool. So then, all right, going from, you let's say you've done six months travel. How long was it before you got into the job and how did that come about? How did you find that job? Because of course I would have never thought that to be a job out there because for example, if you look on Indeed, for, let's say, let's say you look on Indeed, that job's probably not going to come up, is it? Or how did you right. go about finding that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So I, I booked my initial flight out there and I booked a tour through STA Travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the company's Intro Travel, the company I was working for. Um, really cool company. But I did their tour in Bali and I was speaking to my group leader, a uh, lovely uh, lady called Michaela. And she was telling me a lot about the job and kind of what you need to have and, and the people skills you need to have, organizational skills. Um, and she, she really helped me to kind of have an understanding of what it would be like to work there. Obviously, having left my previous job, I had nothing to go home to, really. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so she, she put in a nice word for me with management. And before you know it, I'm on the phone doing an interview and then I'm flying out to Thailand <laughs> for a trial. <laughs> Damn, that is, that's very cool. So it's more... So you kind of had to network a little, not really network, of course you were in the group, but you had to talk to people to get where you were today. It wasn't just something that fell, fell in place almost. Just right, yeah. from. So most of the people that ended up working for Intro Travel 
running groups they were people who had done a group themselves on as in a paying customer doing a group oh okay and they thought oh this is something i can i'd really like to do yeah yeah and don't get me wrong there are people that hadn't been on a group who went to work for them but i, I don't know how, to be honest how they would have found out about the job um maybe through a friend of a friend or something like that but oh okay yeah. and then what is because what does the actual what does the job entail? What would you do on a day to day basis, and what do you do? Because for, I know a little bit because I've looked into it beforehand. I've seen your profile and on Instagram and LinkedIn. But for someone that has no idea what the job entails, but they can still go travelling, how would you best describe it to someone? Yeah. So um, yeah. Okay. So how do I start that? Right. So <clears throat> Intro have these tours. There's these twelve uh, day tours, for example. They got a Vietnam tour. Let's let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Vietnam tour is 12 days and people will pay to come on the tour. And um, ultimately what my job was, was to be with them throughout the duration of the whole 12 days. So I was picking people up from the airport um, saying, hello, my name's Brad. Nice to meet you. And then right from, right from that point through to the end of day 12, I was with them every step of the way, organizing accommodation, uh, making sure the itinerary kind of ran uh, as yeah. smoothly as possible making sure everyone's having a great time as well course. Um, keeping everyone safe that's the that's the main one try and make sure everyone stays safe um, so yeah it's just it's just overseeing the successful running of uh, an itinerary a travel itinerary so so it's almost like like a to put it into reference for something that i can understand so it's like a project management you've like a project management before a group over the period of 12 days essentially you're just managing yeah, it yeah I mean, yeah, you could say, yeah, definitely you could say it like that. Oh, okay. I see. That makes more sense now. Okay. And then with the interview, what experience do you need to have? Is it you need to have travel experience or did you mention earlier that you don't need to have travel experience, but you need to have, well, yeah, is there any experience you do need to have at all in anything? I mean, it's, it's all about people skills, really. Yeah. Um, like they, they, they kind of size you up in the interview. They kind of want to see your personality. They want to see how um just how you are and whether you can be able to whether you are able to get on with people from all walks of life Mm. um you know how organized you are i think it is a real bonus if you have at some point been traveling on your own um because it's the ultimate level of independence you need you need to be able to think on your feet um and adapt to situations not only for you but for the whole group and some of the groups out there get as big as 35 I was on a group of 35. Um, oh, so is that you alone managing that whole group? In that case, they doubled up. Uh, that was like a, oh, a couple okay. of double groups that they have in Thailand sometimes. Um, so they'll have t- two, sometimes three leaders. Uh, the biggest I ever had on my own was 23 in Vietnam. Wow. Quite a big, uh, quite a, quite a big responsibility. So for someone, let's say someone doesn't want to go and travel on their own straight away, would one of the tours be a good option for them? Cause that's what I'm just yeah. trying to think now. That would be pretty cool if I had someone that's done the experience before, but I've also learned the, I assume you have to learn the area before you, you start and bits like that and understand the language a tiny bit before you do that. So it'd be quite cool for someone like me, for example, who's never traveled on my own to join that group to see if I liked it. Would you recommend that for someone that's never gone traveling beforehand? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, on those tours, you get people that 
you know, I've just got two weeks off from my job. I, I want to go and do see Vietnam. And you'd, you'd find this 12 yeah. day tour and you'd think, oh, awesome. That's perfect for my two weeks. On top of that, you also get the people who did what I did, which is I'm going travel, traveling for three months. Um, it's quite intense to go straight into solo travel. So, okay, this tour looks good. Let me, let me start with this. And you do get people who kind of sort of ease themselves into uh, the traveling world on a group tour. Um, so is that something you're keen to do at some point then? Yeah. Some, yeah, at some point I'd love to, obviously at the moment I'm trying to build up my business to trying to get it to a nice point, but when I can get someone managing it all and I'm making enough money where I can do that, then that's absolutely something I would love to do. Yeah, um, you'd love it. Yeah, definitely. So what, are there any cool slash scary experiences you've, experiences you've had while traveling, whether that's been on the tours or on your own? Just for, I know obviously there's going to be ups and downs, but um, is there any noticeable ones you've ever had? Yeah, so th- this kind of ties into what we were talking about before, right? About how it will, it will be okay in the end. Yeah. Um, and just try not to stress. I mean, that stuff does go wrong. <laughs> um, I've got a few stories, actually. There's, there's a few uh, to do with groups group members of mine getting injured um yeah i had one uh one lovely lady who had a bit of a knee injury she dislocated her knee um and this was a night out so this was when i was out with the group you know we were at some bars having fun um it was a night out yeah yeah oh i thought it was like on a rock or they fell off a rock or okay fair enough she was actually got down on the dance floor and she was she was giving it her all when she started doing the worm (laughs) I'm not even joking. She started doing the worm. And then uh, five minutes later, she's she fell down and her knee. Had, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, stuff like that. You do have to really think on your feet at times and you've got to get them over to a, had to take her to a hospital and they all speak Vietnamese. So, you know, have to have a translator on the phone and all sorts. Um, oh, OK. So that so if something goes wrong, it's all your responsibility. Well, not obviously your responsibility, but it's kind of your time to take charge and manage that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, how pissed would you be if you went on a tour and uh, something happened to you and your and your group leader just said, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> hospitals that way. <laughs> no, that is true. That is true. Okay, that's really cool. I mean, yeah, it sounds super interesting. Um, what about, I was just going through Instagram earlier on, the Muay Thai, Muay Thai, is that the right, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something you're trying to pursue or is that more of a something on the side that you've discovered while you're out there? Um, so for anyone listening, Muay Thai is, uh, is basically traditional Thai kickboxing. Um, so I, I started boxing years ago just as a hobby, just to try and keep fit. And uh, when I was out in Thailand, I thought, so I was out there when the, when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, so obviously I had a lot of time on my hands um, and I wasn't keen on coming home just yet. So I started training every day in a, in a Muay Thai gym to try and learn a bit about the culture. And it's, it's, it's really cool, man. It's a once in a lifetime thing, really, to train every day the way they do. Uh, in terms of in terms of pursuing it now, it's it's not for me. I uh, I don't fancy getting punched in the head uh, for a living, but I, I just do it out of the joy of it, really. Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. What about leaving your family? Was that something that you struck? I know you when we worked together, you were quite. You said you were quite close with your sister. I'm sure leaving your sister at the time and going away and traveling. I'm probably not sitting now you're working out there probably for months and months on end how did you combat that because i know that's something i'd worry about if i was going away for three months so how was that how was did you combat was it phone calls home all the time or mm-hmm. that's something i'd like to learn 
Yeah, well, um, it's a good question. I mean, re to be honest, really, when you're out there and you're in the thick of it and you're running a, a tour group, uh, mm. you have very little free time. Um, so my family were very, they were great and they were very understanding that um, there will be a phone call every now and then and it will be a good quality phone call, you know, but it, they're quite yeah. few and far between. Um, and there'll obviously be some messages, but sometimes the Wi-Fi is not good and all sorts. So you really do kind of lose touch with uh, the people back home a little bit, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I, so I guess you see them when you come home and you spend a bit of time then, then you can catch up and then, but it's your life, isn't it? I guess you've got to do what you want to do. Absolutely. So, yeah. And it, for me with family stuff, it's always about uh, quality time. You know, if you, if you get some quality time a couple of times every, every year. So I, I was coming home in the summer and for Christmas, you get a couple of weeks, really good quality time and then, and then go off and, and live it up again. You know, that's, that's where I was at. Of course. Okay. All right. Going forward, obviously now you've done all your travels, traveling and bits like that. When you were at our job, you obviously had a good paying job or a good future ahead of you for someone, let's say, um, yeah, let's say for a normal person, that job that you're in or apprenticeship was very, very good um, to mm -hmm. most people. I've been told that as well, the one I was in as well. Why did you want to, I know you said about the, the, the income stopping, but why would, and I know I've done the same thing, why would you leave that to go traveling? And my second question onto that as well is, after traveling do you want to stay in the traveling in industry because you enjoy it so much um or how do you want to play that going forward uh yeah well i agree with what you said that, and i want to be clear that that first job that we had it was it was perfect for mm -hmm. what we were doing um it, it was a really good first step into software engineering i learned yeah. a lot there and i i really like the guy who owns it and i i like the guys who work there a lot so i just want to start by saying saying that mm -hmm. um in terms of why I left, yeah, I, I mean, um, if I wanted to kind of try and progress my career and, you know, move out and start supporting myself and, mm. and that kind of stuff, I would have had to move on from, from that place anyway, I think. Um, so <clears throat> the way I did it with leaving to go traveling, it was kind of, it was kind of a fun way to do that, really. Um, and ultimately, that first job had already set me up with the skills I needed to go on and get job a job in that field again if I wanted to yeah, and that's in, yeah. that's incidentally what I've done so I've, I've currently um, I'm a month into a new job um, which I've started and it's a it's a full stack engineering position oh, wow. um, no no way I could have got that job without the first one that I had and that's the way you know that's the way careers go you, you progress and you're in the you're in the Absolutely. right place for that chunk of time and then it's time to move on to a better fit for the next period isn't it I, I think with software what i see a lot as well with software engineers they they don't stay at a traditional job like let's say an accountant would stay somewhere for 30 40 plus years i know that's very different our age we change jobs a lot more now but for a software engineer especially they normally you normally see them stay there two three four years at max yeah. so i can see where you're coming from how did you retain the knowledge that you had from your previous job because of course we learned a lot of code it's quite hard um django wasn't it we used is that yeah yeah that's right yeah django yeah how did you retain that because i've never touched base and i've never done it again and i would not be able to go in and do a whole website using django so how did you retain that is that something you had to keep on top of keep studying or are you just quite you know that field enough to think okay i can leave it for a year and come back to it and know enough 
Yeah, that's a good question as well. Um, I mean, one thing about uh, when we were working together, and let me, let me start by saying that you picked it up very quickly. So you're saying that you couldn't go back and do it again, but I bet that you yeah. could. I bet you, you might surprise yourself. Um, but with, uh, with the experience that we got from, from that company, uh, a lot of it kind of, yeah, of course your skills will go rusty and you'll forget the exact syntax to use. And still to this day, I get confused between JavaScript and Python sometimes, you know, which one I'm writing. Um, and sometimes uh, the, the, the uh, text editor will say, what the hell are you doing putting a, putting a curly brace in there? You don't need that. And I'll be like, oh yeah. Uh, I think really this, this, the fundamental skills that I've kept with me are the problem solving part of it you know because like you can go on uh you can go on google and use things like stack overflow and there's tons of um oh, definitely. examples on there yeah tons of stuff out there that um will help you find specifically what you need and give you the kind of tips and advice you need yeah um, but, so it's yeah. more like muscle memory isn't it it's one of them thing because for example with my job I've, I've i've had to learn cs i know css is obviously one of the it's nowhere it's nothing on um let's say python or js for example but it's still, I wouldn't even really count it as coding, but I left it for about a year and I come back to it. And now I'm back at that point where I can create absolutely anything in CSS or the style. Exactly, yeah. So that's just something I guess that you just kind of go back to. So yeah, with the job you're at now, I know it's obviously very different. I'm sure you're remote at home, aren't you, while doing your job? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm working from home at the moment. So when you go back, let's say two years down the line, let's say you're in the office, will you ever think... Obviously, you're gonna have you're gonna say, "Oh, that were really cool times." But will you ever think? And it's hard to know now. Damn, I wish I pursued the traveling thing a little bit more. Or are you quite happy that you've had them? One was it? How many years was it? Were you out there? Or was it months? Uh, so I was out traveling for three months. Then I went to work the job for almost a year and a half. Okay. Um, and and then I spent six months in Thailand just after everything shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in total, about two years I spent. Uh, okay over in asia yeah that's quite a, that's a that's obviously a long time and that's a big mm. chunk of your life so far do you ever think oh i wish i kind of went back and pursued that or are you happy that you've had that time out there and now you can focus on your career and pursue that a bit more yeah i i i definitely am very thankful for the time that i did have out there and a lot of people uh won't ever be able to experience that you know because mm. fundamentally the, the way it works in the uk is you kind of get coached into okay i'm going to go to school then after school yeah. i'm going to go to uni then after uni i might have a year where i do a bit of traveling and then i'm going to start my career and that's generally kind of how the flow of it goes and i've i've not had that at all really i left school after gcse's through choice i was just fed up of education same so, uh, yeah I, yeah man so we obviously went the apprenticeship route and mm-hmm. i don't know about you my parents weren't pressuring me into uni at all which i was very thankful for that is that's very very similar to me i had i had a lot of um um what the word is now not pupils that's what teachers call them i had um a lot of other friends around me that were parents were you have to go uni or not have to but uni is a better option getting a degree is going to be 100 percent the better way to go when nowadays for certain jobs like doctors and bits like that don't get me wrong you need a degree uni is probably the best way to go but for yeah. jobs like ours software engineers and digital marketing that can all be learned on the job for an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. So I was never pressured into uni. And I think we're very lucky in the fact that we had parents like that, because I know there's a lot, yeah. of, a hell of a lot of people out there, especially in America. I know college is a massive thing, all their debts and bits like that. But in America, you have to kind of go college. But 
what mm. I'd like to hope is that's kind of fading out. So yeah, I, com- I yeah. completely agree with you there. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I could talk about the whole uni v apprenticeship thing a bit more if you like. But um, to answer uh, your question about would I ever would I want to go back to travel or would I do I feel like I'm not done? Perhaps. I mean, yeah, maybe in in a couple of years I might feel like going back. Mm. Um, for right now, I'm very lucky to have landed this this awesome role that I've got now. Uh, I'm going to learn a lot here, and it's it's better paying job than anything I've had before. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've had a great time traveling and, and who knows what will happen in the future. But um, for now, I think it's uh, it's, a, it's an appropriate time to kind of uh, call a day on it. Yeah, definitely. Did, did you leave it or was it because COVID kind of hit? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> fundamentally, I'm, I'm not there now because of COVID. I mean, mm. there's no there's no two ways about it. I was going to I was in the height of my uh, my tour leading. And <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to get too into it because it will start making me upset and frustrated but i had some really exciting uh, travel plans booked um some some really cool stuff coming up i was about to head over to thailand uh, for my birthday to see a good friend and and travel around thailand uh so all that stuff uh, didn't work out so yeah i think fundamentally i'm here now because of covid i think i'd still be out there if, if not yeah um, but you know there are, people say everything happens for a reason and with with the job i've got now and being able to see my family and stuff that's uh that's the way I'm choosing to look at it at the moment. I have, it's weird, very similar, super similar. I have the exact, that's exactly what my, that's exactly what my mum says. Um, you could have gone to Thailand, something, don't want to say, but obviously something bad could have happened. So like you said, everything does happen for a reason. You probably landed this role. So maybe like you said, three or four years down the line, you say, okay, I've made, I've saved enough money now and I've got another, I've got a career lined up um, or a job lined up, say three months away. So you can, leave that for a little bit and go traveling again like you did and you've obviously yeah, got that traveling experience which is which is pretty cool now so yeah well i've i think you should head out there at some point mate and if you ever want someone to talk about talk to about it then i'm always here yeah definitely i'd love to do one of them intro travel things is that is that what it's called intro travel is introduction to traveling yeah you know i don't actually know the answer to that but i think uh <laughs> just come off think... my head i was like oh, that makes sense a little bit now yeah, I mean, the amount of people that use it as an intro, as a travel intro, intro travel, travel yeah. intro. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's fitting, isn't it? Yeah. So what about, because, of, okay, let's go back to the, the job in traveling. For someone that's, let's say someone's clicked on this and they want a job in traveling, and that's the career they want to go down. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them? Let's say they're 18, they decide, or let's say 16, rather, they decide whether to go down the apprenticeship route or the uni route. What would you say to them? I'm sure I know what you're going to say. But what would you say to them to get in a career in uh, traveling? To get a career in traveling? Uh, yeah, well, that's that's interesting because, I mean, the role that I had, I obviously didn't go to uni. Mm. Um, so if you want a role similar to the one I had, it's, it's like I said before, it's all about the people skills, the organization, things like that. Um, so it's really just getting your foot in the door with the right company. And, and there's a there was a bunch of these companies um, before COVID. There's there was intro there's another one called true travel and, and all sorts and yeah and there's plenty of companies to research and i guess i would say to anyone to to just start reaching out to to some of these companies obviously when the time is right yeah um, and to uh yeah and to yeah i mean it's, it's great fun so um yeah, but... i could see why people would want to go and give it a go of course and i reckon what's your opinion on this i think after this covid let's say it's all set down we get to was it the 23rd or the 21st of july when everything's back open i reckon it'll be like another year or two until everyone can start traveling around the world 
do you think there'll be almost like a little boom in the travel industry purely because no one's been able to travel at all i know my girlfriend for, my girlfriend for example she was supposed to go traveling kind of do exactly what you were going to do but oh. i know gap year she took a gap year before she started uni to go traveling yeah. and then obviously instantly that oh, her plans yeah. are cut short so yeah but yeah uh, yeah just, didn't quite get out there in time did she bless her no exactly so what yeah do you think there'll be a big boom and that might be a good opportunity for people to start and then apply and then maybe for a, a job in the oh, yeah industry. i mean i mean towards towards the end of my time with this company we, we were starting new vietnam tours every three days um, oh, wow. so a new group of 22 people every three days um the company was was getting massive um mm. thailand tours starting every two days there was bali tours starting every two or three days you know um so to answer your question about like a, a boom, I, I think you're right, mate. Because I think um, obviously while this while the vaccine's rolling out worldwide, um, yeah. not, not only have we in the UK got it all get vaccinated, but actually all the all the other countries need to get vaccinated. Um, so that's why it's really important that uh, I forget the name of it now, but there's a scheme uh, whereby the richer countries are going to start helping out. You know, the, the, the poorer countries with with the vaccine rollout. Of course. Um, and really, until that's done, I don't think travel will be back, to be honest. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if there's if there's countries that have done well with the vaccine, they might form a bubble uh, mm. between each other. But if you're talking about when do you think people can go and travel Southeast Asia and go wherever they want mm. uh, and have complete freedom again, I think we are looking at probably about two years, like you say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Because there's loads and loads of people. You think there's free kind of three years of uni students that would have wanted to go traveling and yeah. they kind of can't and it's a sad because like you said beforehand jo- um, school uni straight into a job and you only get 21 days or 29 days a year that you're allowed off and that's just not enough don't get me wrong you do the odd weekend here and there but yeah. it won't be the same as when people want to do what you did and go traveling for three months at a time or six months well yeah i mean i i, I would expect that there will be a lot of people that want to take a, sab- a sabbatical um, I would expect lots of people will take a belated gap year after uni or maybe a couple of years after, after they've done uni. Of course, um, and yeah. I, I hope, I really hope that all those people that missed out on their experience, I hope they get the chance to do it again. And I'm sure that, um, that time will come and they'll be able to do it. It's just going to not be for a while. Is my prediction. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah. Nightmare. All right, I think that's pretty much all my questions answered. Is there anything else you wanted to go over at all that you had in mind? Um, well, no, not really. I mean, I, I listened to your podcast with uh, Oliver um, Duffy Lee, is it? Oh, yeah. That, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've, I really like what you're doing, man. I've, I've had a look at your website. I think um, it's a really cool brand that you're building and I'm honored to Thank be you. one of the early guests on the podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say, really. I mean, just my hope for everyone is that everyone is staying uh, healthy and everyone just needs to recognise that the world will sort itself out and we'll be back to back to normal. It's just going to take some time and I hope everyone's uh, staying positive. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate it, taking time out of your evening to come in and speak to everyone and, and me. So it's been great to catch up with you as well. Obviously, we haven't spoken uh, in quite a long time. So it's been really good. Yeah, man. Really Anytime. good to go over everything. Anytime. Yeah. yeah, thank you very much for coming on. And I'll, uh, I'll speak to you later. No problem, bro. See you later, mate. Bye-bye.